Our scripture reading comes from Luke's gospel this morning. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 46 and going through 55. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. That is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Mary, a young teenager, not yet married, has just found out she's pregnant. What is she going to do? How is she going to respond? She's nowhere near ready to have a baby yet. She's not married. Now, her marriage has been prearranged by her parents long before, so there was no question she would be married soon. But that hadn't happened yet. She is not ready for a baby. Now, you may remember that in other parts of the Bible, we read about several women who hoped and prayed to have a baby. Abraham's wife, Sarah, desperately wanted a baby. She was simply too old. Then an angel of the Lord comes and tells them she will have a son. Hannah was heartbroken that she couldn't have a child and prayed regularly for one. And eventually, she gave birth to Samuel, who she then gave to a life of service to God. Elizabeth waited through long and difficult years to conceive and give birth, but had grown old with no children. Eventually, following an announcement by the angel of the Lord, she conceived and gave birth to John the Baptist. For these other women, the birth of a child was an answer to their prayers. But the angel's announcement to Mary was not an answer to her prayers. In fact, the angel's words don't so much as solve a problem for Mary as create one. This simply was not the time for Mary to have a baby. She was not prepared to spend nine months dealing with 
these unexpected changes. She was not ready for the changing health concerns that might come her way. She wasn't ready for the different ways people might respond. Would, would she even be allowed to go to the synagogue for worship? I mean, what was she going to do? Just stay home and quarantine for nine months? Who does that? But the scripture tells us Mary sang. She sang to God. Mary sang in response to the work of God in her life, even in the craziness and the unexpectedness of this announcement. Mary sang. And I'm pretty sure it's not at all about how musical Mary was or was not. This was an occasion on which her heart sang in response to God. The God who, according to the scripture and according to her song, the God who brings down the powerful, who lifts up the lowly, who fills the hungry with good things, who helped his servant Israel. She sings as if God has already accomplished the redemption and restoration of the world. Like she knows the birth of her son is the ultimate announcement of God's coming kingdom in which her son will be king. Mary's heart sang to God, about God, in response to God. Mary's heart sang because that's what a heart filled with God's spirit does. Whether we have a good voice or not, whether we like to sing or not, whether we do it out loud so that others hear or not, not the point. It seems to be an observable spiritual principle that a heart filled with the presence and power of God sings to and for God. We see it throughout the scripture. In 2 Chronicles, Hezekiah gave the order to sacrifice the burnt offering on the altar. And as the offering was being made, singing to the Lord began. In Isaiah, those whom the Lord rescued returned to their homeland and entered Zion with singing. Also in Isaiah, when the people were at rest and at peace, they broke into singing. In Psalms we read, O Lord, with music and singing we celebrate your mighty act. Also in Psalms, the people are found singing a song of thanksgiving and telling of all God's wonders. They worship the Lord with gladness, coming before him, singing with joy. Singing the song of the heart is how God's people responded to the work of God throughout Scripture. Mary sang her heart's song at the announcement of the coming of Christ. Singing is apparently 
how a heart full of the Lord responds to the Lord. Not because it's what we're supposed to do, at least not only because of that. It seems singing is imitative of God. Listen to these words from Zephaniah chapter 3. Um, as Jeremy said to me the other day when we were getting ready uh, for this service, he said, ah, yes, the often quoted Zephaniah. Chapter 3, verse 17, listen. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you, in his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Can you imagine the God of the universe rejoicing over you with singing? Apparently, singing is what God does with a heart full of love for his people. Our heart's singing is merely imitating God's heart singing. Singing, because our heart is full of God's love, put there by the same spirit that was overcoming Mary at a time where she heard you're going to have a baby and it's going to be the son of God. Mary had a song to sing during that initial period of waiting for the arrival of the Christ child. She had a song to sing because her heart was full. We, the church, the people of God also have a song to sing this Advent season. I totally believe that the church of 2020 collectively still has a heart that's full, full of the love of God, the same love that led to the coming of Christ through the virgin birth, the same love that fills hearts and causes those hearts to sing, Hearts that sing the songs of the coming and the coming again of Christ. The church in 2020 still has that song in the hearts of the people who are the church. In this day and time, I believe it's crucial that the church continue to sing its song loudly and proudly, freshly and powerfully, even though our times of gathering in person for worship have been interrupted this year. We must continue to sing the song that Mary sang, the song that the angels sang about the coming of Christ. It's the song of our heart. Once our heart has been touched by the living God. Recently, it's been easy to get distracted from that song to get discouraged or depressed, to be overcome by some of life's toughest situations at a time where you can't necessarily be surrounded by others to walk with you. Or maybe we just allow our hearts to quit singing praise to God because we haven't been around other people 
to hear their hearts singing. To keep the song of our heart fresh. We've forgotten our heart's song and lost our primary focus on the one who was, who is, and who is to come. Life as we've known it for the last nine months has maybe squelched the song of our heart a little bit. But I believe the church of 2020 still has the song in the heart of those who are the church. A couple years ago, I think at a conference continuing education event, I heard a story that has stuck in my head. It was a story about a bird called a chaffinch. That's the kind of bird that it is. It's a native bird to Europe. And the bishop telling this story that day said this bird is sold in pet stores all across Europe because it has the most beautiful song that it sings. People want to have this bird in their homes as a pet because they sing so beautifully. As he continued to talk about this chaffinch. He said it's interesting that these birds sing so beautifully. But they can actually forget their song when they're isolated from other chaffinches. I thought, oh, you got to be kidding me. And there were people all over the room pulling out their phones, Googling chaffinch. And even when I got home, I looked more to verify what he was saying. Yes, these birds can actually forget their song if they're isolated from others like them. The prescription for a chaffinch that has forgotten its song is to take it back to the pet shop Expose it to other birds like it so it can be reminded of what its song is again. And then it begins to sing the song that it's born with and it sings all over again. And that day, the speaker said the interesting part about these birds is that if they don't relearn their song, Essentially, they get depressed. I guess birds get depressed. <laughs> they get depressed and eventually they will die if the song of their heart isn't being sung. The life leaves them because they've forgotten their song. Because they haven't been with others who have the same Song. You and I, people around us, may be a little like these birds. 
We too have a song to sing, a song from our heart about the arrival of Christ in the world, about the first coming of Christ, about his continued presence in the world today and about his coming again someday. We have a song to sing that's worth singing. Whether or not we really like to sing out loud or any good at it, our hearts need to sing the song to God, for God, in response to the work of God in sending the Son in that miraculous way, the unexpected way through Mary, whose heart sang when she heard this incredible story. Our hearts need to sing, at least in part, because it keeps us focused on God. But the reality for us is that sometimes we get so busy or we get lonely or discouraged. We get overwhelmed by the world around us today. That the song of our heart gradually gets squelched squeezed out of us a little at a time. Some of us have struggled this year to keep that heart song about Jesus fresh. We've forgotten why our hearts sing and to whom. So like that chaffinch bird we can gradually lose our song. We find ourselves desperately needing to spend time with those whose hearts still sing so that we remember why their hearts sing, who their hearts sing to, and it begins to renew the song of our heart. A song that celebrates the blessing of the initial coming as well as the coming again of Christ. Today, tomorrow, and throughout the remainder of this Advent season, let your heart sing to the God who gave us the greatest gift of all in His Son. Mary sang at the news of his coming. And she waited in anticipation. We can sing in response to his coming and wait in anticipation at the news of his coming again. Jesus came, Jesus is coming, Jesus is the living expression of God's life and love for the people of God. And we sing because of that good news. And maybe as we have our own heart song energized a bit, lifted, restored, renewed in us, maybe we'll also have the opportunity to share 
the song of our heart with someone who has forgotten their heart song and desperately needs to hear from the people of God the song of the heart planted there by God so that they can remember, so that they can have life and hope restored to them even as we wait in this season of Advent in expectation, in anticipation of God's arrival on the scene in a new way. This is not about music. It's about how freshly and genuinely we can respond in this time of waiting. It's about allowing our heart to sing the song of the good news of the coming of Christ. The song sung by Mary, the song sung by angels, the song sung by the people of God in the past, in the present, and always. This week, let your heart sing. Let your heart sing for the honor and glory of God because there is good news to be sung. We are the people of God and God has placed the song of the coming and the coming again of Christ in our hearts. Let your heart sing this week as we wait in expectation, in hope of the promise fulfilled in celebration of the coming of the King and His coming again. Would you pray with me? Lord, daily renew the song of our heart Daily refresh us that we might continue to live our lives as a song sung to you, for you, and because of you. In this time where we can't always surround ourselves with a lot of people who are singing the same song, would you somehow connect us in one way or another, even electronically, with people who are singing the song of their heart for your honor and glory. Allow it to bless us and strengthen us and renew us and then allow us to do the same for others. Because we are the people of God and we want to do so for your honor and glory. Use us this week, your church, your people in 2020 to sing the good news of Jesus Christ and his coming into our lives and our world again. That's the true reason we celebrate this season. We pray that in Christ's name. Amen.